0: Welcome back to another episode of the Shift Drink Podcast. I'm Ed Rudicell, and I am sitting here with uh, two of my favorite gentlemen to sit and talk whiskey with. Uh, I've got Raj Sharawal coming back in for the first time in maybe five years, Raj, something I like think that. So, it's been yeah. a minute. But um, as a special treat today, we have Ashok Chokalingam from uh, Amroot Distilling and. Uh, kind of trekking across the U.S. right now. And so we were able to grab a couple minutes of his time and, and sit and, and hang out and talk whiskey. So welcome to the show. Thank you. So you are on a 10-day uh, trek across the, the United States at the moment?
1: Uh, it's a 20-day program. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm halfway through. Uh, 10 days are over. Another 10 days to go. This is the halfway point. Yeah. So what is your role at Emirates? Uh, my current role is
0: head of distilling and international sales. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I read that online. I'm like, that's a lot of, of of to do. But you've been with the company for a very long time, uh, nearly twenty years now. Wow, that's something to be said, especially in, in these days. <laughs> you know, when nobody stays at a job longer than two years. But you didn't start off, um, you know, in this role. So that's something that just came about, came about with as far as the distilling in the last few years. But you know, I think. We ought to kind of really start at the very beginning, beginning, because um, Indian whiskey just doesn't get a lot of attention in the United States, which I presume is why you're here on your 20-day tour of the States. Um, So, you know, give us a little bit of a history of the company, how it got started, you know, and the growing popularity of whiskey in in India. So when when did the
1: company start? The growing popularity of India in whiskey, uh, probably I think we have to rephrase it. Whiskey has always been popular in India. Mm. Uh, Probably uh, the Western world is not aware of that. Mm. Um, India is the largest whiskey drinking population on the planet. So, um, we have just overtaken France as the second largest consumer of Scotch whiskies in the world. Uh, Now... The, the share market, I think, uh, overall whiskey market in India is running close to 250,000 cases of just whiskey alone. Wow. Uh, uh, that's basically massive. Um, whiskey has always been popular in India. I think it's a byproduct of British colonization. Sure, sure. The oldest whiskey distiller in India dates back to 1827. And really? Yes. So, um Umbrut Distillery is a family-owned distillery, established in 1948. Oh, so like just after independence. Right after independence. Independence was 1947, you're right. So 1948, it was uh, started as a small blending and bottling unit. Mm -hmm. Then we stepped up in such a way that we first started to distill rum in 1955, then grape brandy in 1970s, then malt uh, distillation started in 1980. Yeah. Um... Our original intention of uh, distilling malt was to use it in our blended whiskey. What's going on now, as far as you
0: know, the popularity of em with like your your single malts and all that—that that wasn't even a forethought in the '80s. It was just to blend it with.
1: Nobody, uh, I think, would have uh, conceived a notion of selling single malt from India in mm. in the '80s for sure. Um, we started uh, to export single malt out of India in 2004. And we were the first distillery to actively export single malt out of, of India. In fact, I remember when I joined the distillery in 2004, there were only two single malt whiskies from the whiskies of the world, if you want to call it. Mm-hmm. It was like a Amrut and Penderin from Welsh. There was nobody else. Wow. And so I think uh, outside of Japan, we are the two who really started it, mm-hmm. uh, struggled a lot to establish a category. I think it's a matter of time before the really forge a strong category of uh, Indian single malls. It's really a matter of time.
0: So you said 2004, which coincides with the time that you started at the company. So when you started working for Amrut, was that part of your role to like, you said you were in uh, marketing and sales. So it was part of your job to grow
1: that new single malt bottling that had just come out? My original role uh, with Amru Distilleries uh, was to sell Amru single malts and market it on the global no, market. So that's exactly why you were there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I went to the UK in 2004 to start my journey. Uh, to the sell the single mall
0: to sell it in the uk
1: yeah that's it, kind it, of an uphill battle right yeah I mean. <laughs> it, it, indeed it, uh, uh, more particularly not uh, just in the uk it was in scotland oh geez
0: yeah they were like well if he can if he can sell it
1: in scotland he then he'll be it. okay <laughs> yeah if he can sell it in uh, if he can sell it in scotland you can pretty much sell anywhere else in the world that's yeah, the, right. there was an ocean that's how we started in 2004. And wow. uh, here we are as a twenty years of journey, and uh United States is a single largest export market for us, oh really, but I' single malt, yeah
0: but as we said in the beginning, it's still kind of um you've got to tackle it here, the perception, especially with bourbon drinkers, you know in the u s you know it's even we don't even have as much scotch uh, from Scotland, you know uh, consumption as we do bourbon, you know, I just um I was just in Japan for a month, um, a month ago. So, and wow. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's very, like you said, it's a very big whiskey market and you know, it all kind of distilled in that Scottish style, you know, you're not, you're not getting bourbon. Um, and so with the like United States drinking more bourbon and less scotch, you know, how do you break that market open a little bit? I mean, we are a big export market because
1: we're a large country, but I mean, if you look at it, uh, for a Scotch single malt, uh, United States uh, is still the number one market Mm -hmm. in terms of Mm -hmm. the export volume. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have like literally 300 million population in Mm -hmm. the United States. Uh, Although bourbon is still a big category, I think it will remain so for a long time to come. But there is always an opportunity to grow. Uh, What I have noticed, there is a huge Change In the Consumer behavior Mm, mm. Between what I have seen in 2004 And what am I seeing today Mm -hmm. The consumers of today Is much more open minded Mm. Willing to try uh, New single malt whiskeys uh, From around the world In fact it was very surprising for me When I visited A liquor store in Texas uh, In Dallas The liquor store owner told me that outside of, uh, of course, bourbon is a big selling category. Mm -hmm. Outside of scotch and Japanese, Indian single malts are the best selling in his store. Not the Irish, not the Canadian, not the other single malt uh, regions. India after Japan. That was... Um, I can believe that because uh, there's a lot of momentum on the Indian oh. single malt whisky category yeah, now absolutely. As, a, as a category it's it's really up and coming now
0: yeah and actually uh, I can think my um, introduction to it from Raj himself sitting here at the table and um, you guys bring it in to the to the states um, I mean I, what are you seeing Raj as far as like uh, what exactly what Ashok's talking about you know the, the people kind of, becoming a little more popular or more comfortable with the idea of, of
2: you know, I, I'll just echo what Ashok was saying. I mean, you know, 15 years ago when we started the company and we started importing Amrit into the U S it was a struggle. I mean, mm-hmm. it was, we purposely did not aim at the Indian consumer because so, they would have no idea, no concept, just like me. I would, I, I shot down the whole concept of Indian whiskey because I'd never had any good Indian whiskey going to India. Right. Um, but, Now, I mean, there's every, you know, the demand for it is incredible. It's the, not only the um, younger Indian generation, but non-Indians as well uh, gravitate towards it. And we are seeing, uh, there's four other Indian single malt brands in the U.S. now that are being exported from India. Mm. Uh, And it's only gonna grow. I mean, there's 26 uh, operating single malt distilleries in India with another six. Another six on the books to open up. Um, out of, you know, there's like 300 distilleries alone, but just from single malt, sure. you can have 30 single malt distilleries in Ashok
0: India. I think you can take a lot of credit for that. When I mean, you built the market, you know, and you said there were two at the time that you, in 2004?
1: We were the first. Oh, you were India. the first. Uh, the first. Uh, the yeah. uh, other, one, other one was the Penderin from Welsh. So Oh, that's right. So you did. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. So uh, we have suddenly put the road for everyone to drive on. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah.
2: You know, I think it, it, it's incredible. I mean, I I would not have imagined this is where I would be 15 years ago, mm. right? That 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 would, there would be such a demand, and you know, it's still growing. I mean, it, sure. there's still people who have not heard about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did two back-to-back events tonight, and uh, sold-out events, and there were people who it was the first time trying it, but they all left with an incredible. Impression about Indian whiskeys, about Indian single malts, and uh, and, and what the uh, what they're capable of producing and, and offering.
0: Yeah, what a fun time as well for you to be with the company Ashok, because you kind of joined right before craft distilling, craft cocktails, everything just exploded. Plus, of course, smartphones—you know, the internet really coming into its own, social media, all of that—and so. I mean, I I would like to think that that's probably a lot of what has brought this rapid growth in the sector, excuse me, because now, you know, we can pass information on if I'm drinking amazing whiskey, I can put it now online and let all of my friends around the world know about it. And so, yeah, your job has to have gotten a little bit easier on the sales side of it, of getting the information out there.
1: Certainly, the uh, the re- digital space has uh, grown enormously uh, when we started in 2004, and what we are today. Sure. As you rightly said, we have a uh, for example the podcast that what we are having, which we never had in sure, 2004. Sure, right. Uh, and then uh, di- digital space like uh, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uh, Facebook, and then WhatsApp. Just you can. If you like something, you immediately like uh, send a message to your buddy. It's everything is like instant. Mm -hmm. So that uh, is something uh, we are able to capitalize now uh, that helps a lot.
0: So now that the ball is rolling, you know, there's a lot of people out there and listening to this show even at the moment that... um, don't really understand it, what's, what makes Scotch so special or Scotch-style whiskey or Indian whiskey, you know, I guess if you had to lay it down when you're doing these educational, you know, seminars, classes, like, how do you introduce it to people initially?
1: Uh, Amrut has a very unique position. Uh, I think not many people uh, who are running a distillery will have In terms of the flavor profile, if anyone wanted to describe how Amrut is in a single line, Mm. we are a missing link between Scotland and Kentucky.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, I could see that.
1: Yeah, because uh, the way how we distill the spread, the mash bill, is exactly the same way as how it's been done in Scotland. Mm -hmm. But on maturation, we lean more towards Kentucky than in Scotland, because our climatic condition is like a, a, a relatively warm climate. Uh, or at the temperate climate, mm-hmm. and the relative humidity is very low. So that basically gives, uh, if if I have to describe the flavor profile of Amrut single malt, I would think it's a hybrid of uh, uh, Highland scotch and a bourbon. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't have the floral character, but it's a fruity and chocolatey.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. The first thing that came to mind is like, yeah, that, every time I... Like get a glass of emro I'm like, yeah theres there's that chocolate in this and it, it's interesting about the like aging process being such a factor, um which of course we all know that it is you know hopefully everybody listening to the show knows that by now but uh, you know the it's at a higher altitude as well, right so you have a little bit of that that kind of drier air um are you at the, aging in strictly one type of wood or are you experimenting around like right now i'm I'm thinking, you know, we're starting to see in the rum world people using like ambarana and just mixing things up a little bit rather than just American oak, American oak, American oak. You know, what are you doing um, for the, the casks?
1: Uh, uh, we have uh, lots of varieties of cask uh, uh, in use already. We have uh, released a lot of expressions with, um, with a lot of tweaking on maturation. Mm-hmm. So we have mm-hmm. a new American oak. We have ex bourbon. We have a uh, new French. We have new Swedish, and we have a PX, a Oloroso, Muscatel, Marsala, and then. Uh, One thing that's something I'm proud of uh, is uh, we have a brand called Amrut Spectrum. Yeah, it's delicious. (laughs) Yeah, uh, first time ever in the history of whiskey making, a hybrid barrel is made with uh, four different kinds of wood in a single barrel, which Mm -hmm. nobody has dared to do it. So, as you said, an Indian distillery, a new category, an emerging category, is able to do something what cannot be conceived by 400 years of whiskey making in other distilleries.
0: Right. So that's what I'm thinking, right? Is that you've kind of blown the doors open in 2004 with a single malt, but you're not beholden to the regulations that you would in Scotland or, you know, if you were making bourbon in the United States. So are there, in fact, some like regulations? For this category in India, since it's so new and you guys kind of wrote the rules,
1: Uh, (laughs) you know? uh, uh, Right. I mean, uh, as far as the single malt is concerned, Mm -hmm. uh, I would say we strictly perhaps adhere to what European Union regulation on Mm -hmm. single malt is, uh, because uh, in the beginning, uh, uh, the primary market... Uh, that we were focusing was on Europe.
0: Mm -hmm. So when Mm -hmm. you wanted to
1: sell something in Europe, uh, you got to meet their standards. Mm. Even in the spectrum barrel, we did not break the rules of whiskey making. We did not put any piece of wood inside the barrel or anything. The barrel itself was made with multiple oak woods in a single barrel,
0: which nobody has conceived. Yeah, That's that's pretty wild. Are there like woods? And I'm just asking this for myself, you know because I'm I'm just always fascinated by woods I've never heard of, you know, and what they do. Um, and, you know, we get a lot of that in cachaca and things like that, all these weird Brazilian uh, trees that I've never heard of. But do you have anything that's kind of native to India that you guys are been experimenting with, either poorly or successfully.
1: And <laughs> uh, no, uh, <laughs> no. But the, the reason being is it's a very tricky part mm. uh, in terms of uh, the suitability of the wood for maturation purposes. Mm. Uh, one has to be very careful. Um, if you wonder why everyone is uh, predominantly using oak barrel mm-hmm. across the industry, especially the distilling industry, is is a time-tested. Right. Uh, the oak wood uh, is uh, stable and uh, fit for human consumption after mm-hmm. maturation. Mm-hmm. And uh, mainly the tight cooperage properties of the oak wood is ah, what right. really yeah. makes it like uh, suitable mm-hmm. for the distilling industry. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, different kinds of wood, other than oak, uh, we haven't tried anything.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. I guess you have to find some cooperages that are willing to
1: Throw a
0: big wrench, so not only do you changing your own business you're changing somebody else's yeah. business at the same time, yeah that's probably not a great idea then um, getting back to um, your time with the company here because we kind of skipped right over it, but you know you are incredibly well educated about the distillation process because you are actually the head of distillation now right i yes. mean that's a, a kind of new that's not where you started with Amrit. so how did you make that step into like getting into the nitty-gritty, making the actual product,
1: you know, distillation, all that from sales. Yeah, Um, I think the great asset that what I have had was uh, the time that I spent uh, in the UK. (laughs) Um, That was
0: just your proving ground. They're like, go to the UK for 15 years, come back, and if you were good, you're now distilling. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I I think pretty
1: much uh, if you look at the industry, uh, the number of people who had switched the side from sales to production you can literally count. Yeah. There are that's a number of people it's shocking to hear in the production that. went on to the ambassador role right. on the road. Mm-hmm. For example, my great friend, uh, Stuart Buchanan, who was a master distiller for Bendriak, now he's on the road mm-hmm. as an ambassador mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, promoting the brand uh, across the world. Uh, in my case, it was totally the opposite. Yeah. I think uh, uh, what the good thing that came to us because of this move is, I have spent enough of time on the market. So I clearly understood what people want Uh, from the consumer's perspective, Mm -hmm. what the consumers like to have, what is there uh, in the market and what is not there, what that I can create that I can make a dent in the market. Mm. So that's how the spectrum, for example, uh, came into my mind uh, because the marketing experience is what gave me that idea to create the barrel. And similarly, um, the Amrut Narangi, Mm -hmm. again, we did Mm -hmm. not break the rules of whiskey making at all. It's a very like a novel idea of bringing orange flavor into the whiskey by Mm -hmm. maturing uh, Oloroso sherry with orange peel Mm -hmm. in a Mm -hmm. barrel, sherry pot, for a number of years and then removing everything Filling the semi-mature whiskey into the barrel mm-hmm. and then further aging it. Here, if you look at it, I did not break the rules of whiskey making. Yeah, yeah, I did yeah. not add anything into the whiskey. Mm-hmm. I only basically uh, centered the right. barrel. Just a little trace. Yeah. So this is what really helped me uh, right from the beginning... I was really passionate about uh, whiskey making. Although I was in the sales, uh, mm-hmm. I was not technically educated. But nevertheless, I think my on the road experience mm-hmm. is what helped me to easily get adapted to the distillation process. The only thing is, I did not do the work pra- practically at the distillery. Right. But it was very uh, uh, easy ch- change and switch over for me. And I was able to adapt it very quickly. Wow. And how
0: long have you been in that role? Uh,
1: since 2019. Okay.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> right before the pandemic. We yeah. had lots of time to catch up there. Correct. And, yeah. As we were talking before the show, obviously, there was a lot of off-premise sales or um, you know, liquor stores, for those of you not in the industry, um, during the pandemic. You know, speaking of thereof, we talked about um, Indians' high consumption of whiskey, uh, insanely high. That's wild. But how was the um, reception in India to a single malt? Because I know a lot of times, like, and Raj said the same thing, right? Like, He wasn't excited about it at first because he would never had a good Indian whiskey. And I can only presume that the people there are also like, well, I mean, how good is it really going to be? So h- how was how that market done for you? Right. So
1: when Amrut <coughs> was launched uh, in 2004, uh, we did not sell that in India. We have oh, okay. launched the brand only uh, in Scotland to start with. Then, whole of the UK market. Then we went to the European market. Then we went to Canada. Then we came to the United States in 2010. By 2010, we have uh, we have won three major international awards uh, for Amrit Fusion, mm-hmm. which was the uh, uh, Best Daily Drama of the Year by Malt Advocate in 2009 mm-hmm. uh, Third Finest Whiskey in the World by Jim Ray's Whiskey Bible Then World Whiskey of the Year by Malt Advocate in the USA It's uh, 2009, 10 and 11 Three consecutive years That What that day is that really opened the floodgate. A mm. lot of people in India started to demand, why are you not making your single <laughs> yeah. malt available in India? This is what we were waiting for. Right. That's exactly
0: what I'm thinking. Like They're watching their like home domestic product being sold everywhere
1: but home. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so we were literally waiting for that moment. Then in 2011, we made Amrit Fusion available in India. Believe me or not, today I have... Only one-fourth of the demand being met by my supply. Wow. The demand for Amrit Fusion is probably close to 1.2 million bottles in India, <laughs> but we are supplying only 300,000 bottles. That sure. is what the capacity that I have. That's how the market has exploded now.
0: Wow. That's Fast growth Uh, for um, for um, a market, definitely for a distillery.
1: Yeah, Amrit Fusion single malt is the largest selling single malt uh, whiskey brand from India. Uh, Total sales of Amrit Fusion alone is about uh, 500,000 bottles a year. Wow, that's insane. So obviously it's enjoying some success at home and now...
0: um, you know, are there any new projects you guys are working on? I mean, so well, I guess we didn't really talk about it too much, but there are also uh, rums coming out of Emrit as well, which is how I initially ran across you. Um, I, I think I... Did you ever go to the old Miami Rum Fest?
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I think we ran into each other at some point down did. there. Okay, you were there, right? I yes. couldn't remember. Like, there's a lot more in the portfolio than all of these, like... Well-regarded, super amazing uh, single malts. You guys are also really busy supplying the market with a lot of rum uh, and other
1: distillates. So, what what else is
0: in the Amrut
1: book, so to say? Uh, Amrut. Okay, two things has happened now. One is apart from the range of Amrut single malts, I think we have forty-two different expressions of single malts in Holy total. Holy shit! Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, so we uh, well, wait. They... Hold on a second. <laughs> I gotta concentrate
0: on that. How many of that's available here, Raj, in the United States? Everything. It's all all forty one expressions. I, I can get these.
1: Yes, well, it, but uh, not available every year. Right. Limited not, releases.
0: Right. 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 You know, but anything that they have coming out, I can get through you at in, at some uh, points uh, when uh, it's available.
2: Uh, yes. It it didn't used to be that way because TTB made us submit everything to the lab for approval. Right. But right. But since the rules changed, yes, anything that they're making, we bring it.
0: Oh, amazing! I didn't know there was a rule change. I don't follow the government red tape shit, so it's not that fun. But yeah, that's that's amazing. Wow, so, sorry, I didn't so, mean to interrupt you there. Yeah, I'll no, start... it's
1: fine, yeah. So uh, on our own single model itself, we have about 42 different expressions. And then uh, we have moved ahead of time than every other producer in India because mm. we were the pioneers. We sure. were the first one to come to the market. Mm. So before you think about it, I have done it. So that's how it is, so uh, we have started independent bottling uh, under under the label of single malls of India. So we have done two single, uh, uh, I mean two single malls, uh, independent bottling. Hmm. Uh, One is called Naidal, distilled in a coastal region in India, but partly matured there and partly matured at Amrut and then we bottled it. And then another one is called Kurunji, which was distilled in a mountain region. And then we have completely matured and bottled it. So, we, so far, we have released two expressions of independent bottling under the umbrella of single mass of India. Then, coming to the rum, so we have the um, old port rum, mm-hmm. which is the eighth largest selling yeah, rum. Yeah, I was going to like well, yeah, right. yeah. say, that's like... Accounts for so much of rum Yeah, sales. that's like 1.2 million cases being sold in India. I mean, India. you are
0: kind of cheating considering there's a billion people in India,
1: right? Okay, okay. uh, but still, 1.2 million <laughs> sure, is, sure. A, is a good number to work with. Then the Amrit 2 Indies rum yeah. is the first mm-hmm. natural rum in India which was distilled from Jaggery. hmm which is basically a condensed sugar ball, uh, mm-hmm. if I can say so, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. unrefined. I think
0: that makes sense. Uh, uh,
1: that's blended with the uh, Caribbean rums. Mm-hmm. So it's called two Indies. We are the East Indies. They are the West Indies. Mm-hmm. So then, now we are planning to do a single jaggery rum, which is a pure jaggery rum distilled and aged in Asian bourbon barrel. Would come to the US market um, early part of next year. There are a couple of other rum projects also yeah, that's a,
0: lot, that's a lot going on considering you've got 41, 42 single malts to worry about. So, I mean, what is the production of your facility if you've got all of this, I mean, like all in, not just where you spend your time, but like all in, Amrit, do you know how many cases a year leave the distillery? I mean, That's uh, a lot, I'm sure. As a distillery,
1: yeah. we, uh, we churn out about little over 5 million cases of uh, ah. local blended whiskeys and rums and single malts. Um, single malts, we had a distillation capacity of only 300,000 liters a year, which we have jumped, beefed up to 1 million liters now. Uh, we trebled our capacity in 2018. Uh, now it looks like there's not going to be enough at all. Uh, yeah,
0: so that's what I'm gonna say. Like you're here on like doing sales, right? To in, expose more of the market. Are you exposing us to a product that we're not gonna be able to find because there's not enough?
1: Uh, I think it's a, <laughs> a, it's a nice situation to be in where sure. your demand is consistently more than what the supply is. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. The problem with the whiskey is, unlike the white spread, uh, forecasting is a problem. Sure. So sure. you have the lead time of the maturation, which nobody can bypass it. Mm-hmm. So the category is really growing. The way I see it, uh, we got to expand further. Mm-hmm. And I think that is also on the card now.
0: Wow. Well, you've had a like, pretty wild 20 years with the, with the company. I mean, you've literally been there for every major step. I mean, I guess not all of them because you weren't there in 47. It's been some big strides between 47 and 2004. But yeah, it's it's just, it's just fascinating all of these things that have happened in just your time with the company.
1: It is a fascinating story for me. Uh, Because I was recruited Specifically for the single malt whiskey Project in 2004 So The way I have struggled to sell My very first bottle uh, I mean way back in 2004 Selling a case Was not a joke It was so (laughs) tough And from there we have come to a situation I think United States alone We are hitting close to 15,000 cases a year now uh, uh, do you remember your first first bottle that you sold in the UK? I, I still remember. I have remember? sold it to a cash and carry um, <laughs> uh, uh, in the UK on a sale or written basis <laughs> okay. in, in, in Scotland. Uh, that's how I started. Wow.
0: Yeah, I guess you don't forget those numbers, especially yeah. when you've come so far.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, I, I have the the historic sales numbers oh, with you, us. Yeah. Uh, the very first year of our launch in 2004, the whole year we have sold only 100 cases. The wow. whole year. Wow. We have sold only 100 cases. And you sold all of them. Right? Uh, 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 of course. <laughs> so so we uh, I uh, remember in 2008, 100 cases in 2004 become 3,000 cases in 2008. Ah. That's uh, like a huge jump.
0: I think we know now why Emerald has kept you for so long. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, um, that's an insane increase. So uh, I, I would usually at this point ask what's next, but it sounds like you have about 400 new whiskeys you're getting <laughs> ready to do. You know, you talked a little bit about the Spectrum and Fusion. Uh, are there any like kind of like core lineup projects that you're, you're in the works at the moment? Or do you not really know if something's going to be part
1: of the, the regular lineup until it's out? Uh, okay, now there, our regular line is very crisp and clear. Mm. So we have a single malt We have a cast strength Fusion Peter single malt Peter cast strength These five brands Are always going to be Our core Regular mm. brand mm. Now apart from that I have the Duty of uh, Enticing the geeks Like you mm-hmm. So We need to now Think outside the box Right I love to Think outside the box And churn out something Totally unexcept- unexpected mm-hmm. And interesting So there are two such projects are under the carpet. I am pretty sure. Uh, yeah, I wish I could see the smirk on your face right now. Yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah. Ah, I've
0: got a couple things. Uh, yeah, under the carpet. So, <laughs>
1: so when it is released, definitely it is going to make a stretch.
0: Awesome. That's great to hear, man. So where can people find this in the States? Online, I guess, uh, Raj. Because, I mean, obviously, check your local liquor stores. And I've said it on the show a thousand times. If you go to the liquor store and they don't have what you want, ask for it because they don't know there's a demand unless there is a demand. But anyway, that's my pitch. Um, so online, are you working with any of the big retailers or uh, what are your recommendations uh, well, there?
2: Well, you know, we're, I mean, we are with the big retailers that you would normally expect. But the problem is, is as you know, Ed, in the U.S., the e-commerce, uh, e-commerce regulations for mm-hmm. liquor are are prohibitive and yeah. uh so and that's why they, i
0: ask because not yeah, everybody thing is yeah, available. i mean
2: yeah. and we've tried different different uh approaches i mean there are some other um e-commerce sites that are popping up and mm. opportunities to ship but then what happens is they go ahead and do it and then you know t- uh, tennessee or illinois or somebody says you can't do that mm-hmm. and so they're back to square one so um yeah. I, I don't you know it's it's unfortunate because the consumers aren't getting what they should get
0: yeah it's ridiculous yeah. I mean in, in Indiana it's particularly terrible you know they've eased it up a little bit but sometimes we get lucky and like you said you know some startup online retailer won't know the laws exactly and you get lucky and you get a few shipments in yeah, yeah. and then it disappears once yeah. they get their hand slapped
2: but as you said it it's uh, asked for it I mean it the, the pull you know pull strategy makes so much sense I mean we can only we can only push so much we can only right. get product out. Uh, you know, you put it on the shelf, uh, but if it doesn't move, they're not going to order more, right, right? Right. So it's up to consumers to to say, hey, uh, I want this and and uh, bring it in. Yeah,
0: I've, I've talked about this for a long time. I didn't realize that for such a long time that, you know, until I was, um, well, buying booze for a restaurant that, you know, it's was like, yeah, of course we're going to order if you're going to buy it sure i'll put it on the shelf and so especially with off-premise you know liquor stores and and retail things like that you know they've got to just hear from you guys so again if there's a cool rum or whiskey or emerald that you want to see on the shelf just ask for it i guarantee you they do business with whoever distributes it they just haven't uh, bothered to put it on the shelf yet so definitely uh, make sure you like voice your opinion when you're at your local shops. Where can people find you guys online? Like, uh, it's Emerald distillery. have a nice, I know they do. I'm just asking rhetorical question. What's the, where where can people find Emerald online?
1: Uh, United States, as you rightly said, is uh, fragmented in terms yeah. of uh, what you can ship and you are not alone. You, yeah. We can't do that in India. At you, all. You cannot sell anything online in India. Forget about uh, one particular state, the whole of the country, you cannot sell online anywhere. Mm, mm. Um, so it, it's a tough. I think it's more common in Europe uh, for online sales, yeah, uh, which for is sure. much more easier mm. uh, than this part of the world or, or mm-hmm, in India.
2: Mm-hmm. But omruddistilleries.com, you know, is there a site? So all the information, all the marks. And if you go to Just our, don't try to buy it there. <laughs> right. If you go to our site, glassrev.com, uh, we've got all the information. Just pick omrudd and everything pops up. Uh, it'll even tell you. You can even find out by state which retailers will have product. I,
0: Thank you so much for that. I love to see that because not everybody does do that yeah, and yeah. it does make it easier to hunt things down, yeah. especially if we're looking, you know, like me, looking for weird and esoteric things, which right. last time you were on the show we were talking about weird and esoteric things. Yeah. And, um, and you know, if any listeners out there want to know a little bit more about um, Glass Dev, that episode, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes, but you can click over and listen to a, a longer conversation with Raj, but uh, he's just here for moral support today from for Ashok. But... Um, you know, so what city is next? Where are you going next? After Indianapolis, is it Chicago? I would assume it's closest. Chicago. Yeah, yeah. next is Chicago, yeah. 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 So how's the trip been so far? Is it good?
1: It's been good. I was in California and Texas. Uh, oh, so that Texas thing was recently. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, just, just I flew from uh, Dallas this afternoon. Oh, oh. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. didn't realize we were talking that recent history. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, very cool. Well, I wish you the best on the rest of your travels here in the States, man. And like I said... You know, we'll um, we'll absolutely um, carry the flag, you know. We're always looking for more access to, you know, uh, better products and more products and things that we haven't tried yet. So there's definitely some very fun single wallets coming out of Emmert. So, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on the show again. Uh, again, for you, Raj, and, and Ashraf, I hope to see you again soon the next time you pass through. Thank you so Thanks, much for Great evening. seeing you again. Cheers, gentlemen.